Welcome to the Weekly Insight Podcast, where we break down the noise of the week and help you understand the psychology of the markets with your host, Andrew Dore at Insight Wealth Group. Good morning. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today on the Weekly Insight Podcast. As usual, I am your host, Andrew Dore from Insight Wealth Group. Before we get started today, we'll do what we do every week and just remind you on behalf of my dear friends at the Compliance Department that what you're about to hear today should not be construed as individual investment advice, but instead as a discussion of our opinions of what's going on in the market and the economy. If you have any questions about how this may relate to your individual portfolio, we would encourage you to give us a call at Insight Wealth Group or visit directly with your personal financial planner. With that, let's take a look at this week. It was another exciting week, I guess you could say, in the markets. There's there's a bit going on. It's it's earnings season, but we're also back in the same old waiting game. And I feel like we're getting a little sick of talking about this. And I think it's at some point you have to look at it and say, how many podcasts, Andrew, can you talk about what's happening with the Fed and interest rates? But here we are again. We are waiting for the Fed meeting coming up in about 10 days from when this is being recorded. It's going to be coming up on May 3rd and 4th. Right now, the market is back in that old pattern, anticipating bad news from the Fed and looking for every excuse it can find to justify that expectation. That may very well end up being the right approach. It may not, but it also means there's probably not going to be a lot that's going to be able to nudge this market off center for the next 10 days or so. And so while we're waiting, I thought it would be a good time to do a little bit of a refresher about what are the expectations for the upcoming meeting, but also a good time to take a look at what's been happening with earnings so far in Q1, because while there was some drama last week, I tell you, everything seems to be going pretty well. So let's start with the Fed. Since we last have talked about this, the market has been fairly range-bound, really from the last Fed meeting back in March, March 16th, till today. The market's been trading up and down quite a bit, but really there hasn't been a lot of movement one way or the other. The market is trading down, the S&P down about 1.96% from where the last Fed meeting was. We've certainly seen some growth since then. We've seen it tail back off, especially last week. A significant amount of that downside happened last week. A portion of that, especially in the NASDAQ, had to do with earnings. But I would argue that most of last week's weakness was really due to statements from leaders on the Fed about what they expect at the next meeting. It was very clearly a concerted effort to go out and communicate and get ahead of that meeting coming up on May uh, 3rd. Lael Brainerd, the soon-to-be Federal Reserve Vice Chair, she hasn't yet been confirmed by the Senate, but everyone expects she will be. She announced her support of a quote-unquote double hike, a 50 basis point hike in rates coming up at this May meeting. She's been known to be a bit of a dove, if you will, so not someone who would normally be supportive of something like this. So her coming out in favor of it certainly was notable this week. The New York Fed President John Williams said last week that a half point rise in the rates would be, quote, a very reasonable option, end quote. But then we had the boss himself, Fed Chairman Powell, did a panel on Thursday. And while speaking at the panel, he stated a couple of things. And I'll quote here. First, It is very appropriate, in my view, to be moving a little bit more quickly. And then he also was quoted as saying, quote, 50 basis points will be on the table for the May meeting, end quote. 
That pretty much sealed it. As of Friday, the market is now placing a 99.6% probability of a 50 basis point hike 10 days from now. Interestingly enough, the other 0.4% is not that there will be one or no hikes at the meeting. It's actually that there will be three hikes. So the market is 100% certain that there will be at least a 50 basis point hike at the meeting uh, on May 3rd. So we know that the market has baked that in already. What's more interesting to me is the expectation for the June meeting, because right now, the market is actually pricing in a triple rate hike, 75 basis points, just six weeks after the May meeting. So Powell's comments on Thursday actually meant a slight reduction in the probability of that happening and a spike of the 50 basis point hike in June. But even as we look at it today, the most likely option, according to the market, almost a 70% probability is of a 75 basis point hike coming out of the May meeting or out of the June meeting. So the market is definitely leaning into this conversation about the Fed not only hiking rates, but the Fed hiking rates very rapidly. All of that in a historical context, we should just know that this meeting in May will be the first time the Fed has raised rates in consecutive meetings since 2006. It would also be the first time the Fed has raised rates more than 25 basis points in a meeting since 2000. So what the market's trying to divine here and I guess so are we at Insight, is what is the Fed's ability to raise rates rapidly without causing the economy to come crashing down around our ears? Can they do it? History would tell you they haven't had much success doing it, but we don't know. The most dangerous words in the financial services business are this time it's different. Those four words are the most dangerous. But I would say there are some things this time that are a little different. Yes, uh, we know the Fed is going to have to rise, raise rates, and I won't dive into everything we went through last week. You can certainly go to last week's podcast and click and listen to it. But there is a compelling case that our economy, and in particular the consumer, is in one of the best positions we've seen in a long time. $4 trillion of cash in the hands of consumers are going to help weather an inflation and an interest rate storm. But now we wait. There's very little we can do. I think what I would point out, though, is that what happens in the May meeting, the fact that they raise rates isn't going to be important. Maybe they come out and surprise us. Maybe they don't do a 50 basis point hike, or maybe they do a 75 basis point hike. Nobody really thinks that's going to happen. But unless they surprise us with their decision, what I would tell you is what Fed Chairman Powell says after the meeting is going to be far more important than what they actually do in the meeting, since that's already largely preordained. So we're going to be listening very closely to his comments. Is he optimistic? Does he see signs of inflation waning? We do. Will he agree with us? I don't know. But the market is going to respond way more to that than they're going to respond to what will be a historic interest rate increase. So we wait. I would tell you, I just don't think there's going to be anything, unless it's something particularly bad, that is going to move the market off its mark until we get this information from the Fed that everybody's waiting on just uh, less than two weeks from now. So let's go from that. Let's talk about earnings. There's really two ways we can break down the earnings update. 
you know, I can do it the way I normally do. Is the market beating expectations? Are we on track for a good quarter, et cetera, et cetera? What are the PEs? All of the boring stuff. Or we can just dive into Netflix. I think Netflix sounds a lot more fun. But let's let's spend a minute on Netflix because that was the huge news in the market last week, right? It was the thing that moved the needle. It certainly moved the needle for technology stocks. But what really happened? What drove a stock that, I mean, it literally is one of the most popular positions. I mean, they call it the fangs for a reason. It's Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Google are the fang stocks. So what drove one of the key underlying positions that's been driving the market for the last several years down 38%? In a single week. First, it's the easy answer. The easy answer is this. They announced they lost over 200,000 subscribers last quarter. But here's the thing. Here's the kicker. The consensus estimate by analysts was that Netflix would have $2.90 a share in earnings for Q1. You know what they actually had? $3.53. Netflix beat their earnings estimate by nearly 22%. And their stock fell by 38%. By the way, their stock is now down 65% from the beginning of the year. 65%. But this tells, I think, one of the most important stories. If you go back and you listen to these podcasts or you read our memos, you will hear me talking time and time again. I've talked a lot about Tesla. And I've talked about the fact that I think Tesla is a wonderful company. I mean, the the stuff that Elon Musk is doing is is insane. But the valuation placed on Tesla, I have said, you know, just doesn't make sense. And I think the same thing would go for Netflix. Netflix's share price was not based on their profitability. It was based on what investors were assuming was their path for growth. Investors were betting on future growth of Netflix, not Netflix's ability to operate profitably. And so when the first sign of that growth turning off happened, bam, so did interest in their stock. What's funny is that after that 38% correction, Netflix now trades at a PE ratio of roughly 19 and a half times earnings, right in line with the broader market. The market took away all of that extra premium for growth in like a day. All of it disappeared when the market came to realize that the exponential path of growth for Netflix was over. Is it over? I don't know. We'll see. But it's really interesting because they stopped being a growth stock to the market. The market now is pricing them in line with everyone else. So I like $3.53 a share of earnings. I like beating earnings estimates by 22%. It is much more fairly priced than it has been for the last five years. Elsewhere in the market, Earnings momentum continues to be strong. You may recall from our previous memos, I think it was the memo on March 28th as we were entering the quarter, we talked about the fact that analysts were expecting 4.8% earnings growth for the quarter. And we suggested at the time that quarter after quarter, and we see this regularly, that the analysts' expectations tend to always lowball what ends up happening. And so if we see that number, that expectation grow as we get into earnings season, that's a good thing. If that doesn't happen, something we need to be worried about. We are seeing the good news side of that right now. We are seeing that that number is growing. So, so far, 20% of the S&P 500 has reported their Q1 data. So that's 100 of 500 companies. 
79 of those companies, 79 of those 100 have reported actual earnings above estimates. And those earnings beats have been about 8.1% above the estimate. So if you combine that, that is now telling us that the expectation for earnings growth for the S&P this quarter should be closer to 5.2 instead of 4.8. And that number should continue to rise as we get more data over the coming weeks. So between the earnings growth and the Fed-induced volatility, this is where it gets interesting, right? The market's down, earnings are up. That means we are now depressing the valuation of the market. And the S&P is now trading at a forward PE of about 19.35 times earnings. Every week for the last several, the market has gotten more and more affordable. And I would argue that certainly there's downside in everything. We can't tell you there's no risk because there's always risk. But I would tell you that 19.35 times earnings in this environment is definitely not an overpriced stock market. There's so much fear out there today, it seems like, and everybody's concerned about where the boogeyman is hiding for good reason, because we are on a path that, you know, we've really never seen a situation like we've seen, like we're seeing right now. Trying to come off of all that stimulus, trying to come off of that low interest rate environment, cleaning things up in the time of a pandemic, doing it all while there's a major shooting war going on over in Europe. Trying to divine what's going to happen next is hard to do. But 19.35 times earnings, this is not 2008. This is not 2001. We like the pricing that we're seeing here today, and we think that there will be opportunities as we start to get more and more clarity on what the interest rate and inflation path is going to look like. So we'll leave it there for this week. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I would tell you that There's a lot more of this information on our weekly insight memo. I believe it is linked in the show notes of this podcast. You can see it there, or you can go to our website, www.insightwealthgroup.com. Or as always, if you want to give us a call to discuss this, please feel free. You can reach me at the office uh, along with my colleagues at 515-273-1333. Hope you have a great week and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Securities offered through RTA Wealth Management, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, NFA. Investment advisory services offered through RTA Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment firm.